Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Palette Plug Podcast. This is episode two with your hosts, Kyle and Corey. Uh, today, we're going to try and talk about equipment when getting into the business, things that would be helpful, uh, some safety tips that can come along with that as well. So I think we're just going to start rolling into it, start listing some things off and uh, try and expand on those topics as well, just so we can, one, like list the equipment itself, but two, recognize the importance of it and then the safety that comes along with that as well. So Corey, anything else you think you want to add to that before we just jump into it? Uh, no, nah, man, let's just rock and roll, jump into it. Uh, guys, I just want to say, uh, this is merely suggestions. You don't have to go out and do this and do that. This is more of just a generalization topic Yeah. of, you know, this is, you know, you can do it this way and be this size, or you can be, do it this way and, you know, scale your business. Uh, the pallet business is definitely a scalable business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think that that's a good point is to say that not, none of the stuff. And as we said, we ended the, the episode last time, I think saying this is like, we are not experts, you know, like we're just guys that like pallets that like want to add value to the industry and provide information for people. And, right. you know, through our own experiences and through talking to other people, we're just trying to put information out there to help people out. And like you said, too, depending on, which path you want to take, which direction you want to go. These are all the things that might help you along the way. Um, so I think the first topic is trucks. I think that that's very important to kind of cover and go into. Um, do you want to just kind of go into it and I'll, I'll add from there? Or do, do you want me to kind of? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, when we talk trucks, I mean, you're going to, you know, you're going to have your guys that have the, the beaters, Mm-hmm. You're gonna have the guys that have the eighty, ninety thousand uh, dollar Chevy, Ford F two fifties, F three fifties, Dooleys. You know, a lot of it just depends on, you know, where you want to go with your business. You know, mm-hmm. um, as far as a truck, a half ton pickup, yes, will work. Yeah. When I first got into this, I had an 07 Silverado, fifteen hundred, two wheel drive. Uh, had a little small little 4.8 v8 pulled an 18 foot trailer with no problem nice um you know can you do it with an s10 pickup you can but uh (laughs) yeah it all depends on how many trips you want to make to the yeah to the pallet yard or to your you know obviously you know and that's another thing too is you know bigger trailers nicer trucks are going to open doors for you yeah that uh you know you're not going to be able to do like with some of my customers you know uh they look at the quality of my trailer you know they do inspections oh really you know oh yeah so like uh, like i gotta go put new tires on my trailer right now gotcha and they were they were telling talking to me about it and stuff like that because you know to them it's safe well yeah it's safety you know yeah um so, yeah, I think that for, for me personally, um, when I was getting started, I looked at it and I said, okay, I know how to drive a truck, right? Like that's something I've done. That's something that I'm comfortable with. I've driven a truck 
with a trailer on the back and I've driven a truck with weight on it as well. And it's kind of like you have to decide what you want to do, right? For me personally, I said, I want an all encompassing unit. So the, the vehicle is also going to be the thing that holds the pallets versus you, you know, like you went with a trailer. And I think that that's kind of the point to make, right? Is like, you can do, you could get an S10, you could get a Ranger, you could get a small little truck that's capable of pulling a trailer, but know how much it's capable of pulling, know what its payload is, is as well, so you don't overload it. Um, and then also, like, do your research on the trailer, see what options are out there for you. Know how much, um, you know, size and weight you're going to be dealing with. And also working in increments of, of four feet is super important as well, um, just to make sure that you're making use of all of the space that you have on your trailer. You know, if you have a a 10 foot, it really doesn't make that much sense because you have two feet that mm-hmm. like you could technically fit pallets on it if you wanted to. Again, situation that you're in, take advantage of, you know, if you find an affordable trailer, just go for it, obviously, if you're trying to get started. But if you're at a point where you're trying to make the next move in your business, that's where that doing your research, you know, calculating a little bit more, okay, do I get a truck that's capable of pulling more first and then i get the trailer along with it or like you know if you're in the place where you're fortunate to be able to get both at the same time i think that's that's awesome but anyway we're kind of getting off topic um i think that the biggest the the thing that we're talking about is trucks right so like we said ranger smaller last 10 you could do it but you got to get a trailer and you have to work within the weight limits and the uh the horsepower and torque that you're that you're working with if you want to go into a 1500 what what a uh, size trailer did you say you had again? Um, I started out with an eighteen foot. Okay. Uh, nice. So I could do. Uh, I was getting. Uh, trying to think here. <laughs> well, we I was still idea. getting ten stacks. Okay. On the on the trailer, and what I would do is I would lay the pallets down in the bottom of the trailer, and then stack them up on the rail. Go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot so, of people do that. You like create the base and then mm-hmm. you have the two that come together. So you basically are working because the width of your trailer wasn't it wasn't eight feet. It was no. a little bit shorter than that. Yeah. Most which even the are. one I have now is only eighty three inches wide, which I get, you know, a little bit of overhang if I stack them on the forty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh which is a big difference because I can go from either two hundred and twenty pallets on my trailer to 286 pallets, depending on how I want to stack them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a big gain. Uh, yeah. As far as trucks go, I started out with an 07 Silverado. Right. Um, I've got a 94 Chevy 3500 HD with a 13 foot flatbed on the back of it. Nice. I've got my 2001 1500. I've got my 2005 uh, three quarter ton. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I've got trucks, man. Uh, and everybody asks, they're like, well, why do you have so many trucks? Well, you got to understand, I've got two boys that are coming up in age two, and right. they're about to get into the, they're about to get into the business. So, which is awesome. Try, try to make sure they have, you know, equipment and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, like right now, our local Chevy, I was looking at a, a cabin chassis, 2023 mm-hmm. cabin chassis. 
uh, Chevy Duramax diesel. Uh, I think that one was like a hundred and eighty-three inch wheelbase, okay. and uh, they only wanted like fifty-five thousand for it. And it was what year? Uh, twenty twenty-three, brand new. Oh wow! Oh, well, that's cool. So, you so know, you're thinking about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're looking at phasing out the ninety-four. Okay. Bringing on the the newer cabin chassis and uh but you know you're gonna have guys that do you know i've got a buddy ray he's got he loves dodge pickups i'm sorry guys you cannot give me a dodge pickup to drive <laughs> even if it was free everybody's got their preference everybody's got their preference. <laughs> but you know he's got the dooleys of you know yeah it's it's really nice and he pulls goosenecks you know, he has four goosenecks okay. that he uses. So if you're going to pull a trailer, get a truck that will pull the trailer without having a problem. There you go. You know, like that's, you, like you said, yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to use an S10 pickup, Ford Ranger, something like that, mm-hmm. a 10, 12 foot trailer is perfect. Yeah. You know, you're not going to put 200 pallets on it. Right. I was going to say, but you're going to be able to make some money with that. Uh, yeah and then you know you have me where i have a three-quarter ton pickup 20 foot you know east texas trailer uh and i know you said something about affordability you know you don't have to go out and you know take loans out and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on equipment no you can you know you can want to (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's all in how you want to scale and how you want to make this work yeah uh starting where you're at mm-hmm. right i would definitely say if you're serious about getting into the game a three-quarter ton pickup is a good start three-quarter ton 20-foot trailer is i would say a good solid rock star starting point uh as far as trucks like you said everybody has their preference i'm a chevy guy mm-hmm. you know you look at you look at my yard and i've got you know i've got a shit man out at the farm we have a, like a 73 winch truck that's a chevy i've got uh everything i've ever driven is a chevy yeah everybody yeah you know so, so that's what you're you're a fan of yeah so with with that being said um you know i think that that that's your so you you personally you don't mind towing a trailer like for me i i not that i was against it but i was just like like i said i wanted everything to be all in one so i went out and i got i found a uh a 2008 f350 with a stake body on it and then i just took like the cage off of it or the sides and it became like a flatbed and it was really good it worked perfectly um it was very capable and like was in a condition that like i was happy with at the time that i bought it but ultimately the issues that i always had was just the height of it like i feel like the advantage of having a trailer it's down low um depending on your age that's something to consider you know depending on how much you gotta reach up to to load up a pallet like i had a system where Mm -hmm. i had like i would take a pallet and I would lean it on the truck and that would be my stepladder, right? And then right. I would go and I would create like one stack. And then when that got to the point where it was too high, where I couldn't reach it anymore, I would build a separate stack that became like my step up to that one. So then mm-hmm. I would kind of like build it out. And that's 
that's how I had to to do it where it was where I would like build it up here and then I would go over and build it up here and then finish off that one. And I got, I would do 20 high and I could fit six stacks and, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was okay. It was like good, you know, like I was making the money, but at the same time, like, would I recommend that to somebody? Probably not, you know, <laughs> just because I had to, to use a ladder to like load the, the truck up fully because I didn't have a forklift. Um, right. So like when starting out, I think that a trailer, you know, like go and drive it around empty a couple of times, get comfortable with it, get used to it. If it's your first time, um, something to consider as well is, is like, the weight that comes along with with that but we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves so i feel are we are we i I feel sufficient with the truck conversation you know i think that of course uh questions can still come of it but right at the end of the day it's just like know what you're comfortable with know what you've driven in the past find something that is financially within your means and do your research on its capabilities and the trailer that would best fit that as well. So you're not necessarily saying that you have to buy them together, right? Like you could buy your truck and just mm-hmm. use the truck for a good period of time just to sell a couple pallets uh, here and there to the pallet yard, get yourself into it, get yourself accustomed to finding places. And then once you have done that, then it's like, okay, well, I've made money to be able to go and buy a trailer now. Now it makes sense for me to do that. In my opinion, you know, like and let, if you have the money to, to go out and buy everything and you know that you can go and find places quickly, um, go for it. You know, take the money to or take the time to to spend the money on on where you want to go with it. But I think ultimately, um, you know, the, the slower process into this is best for people who uh, don't necessarily see it as a business you know right. if you see it as a as a way to make money and a side hustle like don't go out and, and buy everything right off the bat you know it just doesn't make sense get your dip your toes in get comfortable see what it's about talk to people and then you can make your decision from there because i i don't if you think that you're just going to go immediately like make thousands of dollars i think that that's a misconception and and i think that uh, i would hate to see somebody like take a plunge and spend a whole bunch of money, you know, and take out loans and stuff like we've discussed on vehicles because they're under the impression that like they can just go and do it, you know, like I think, but yeah, definitely on that, on taking loans out on vehicles and stuff like that, like just getting into it, you don't have to bury yourself in debt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, I think my 94, I paid like 4,500 bucks for it, you know, (laughs) I mean, yeah, of course, you know, when you take, so back in the nineties, they had the, you had a one ton and then you had the 3,500 HD, the monster. I mean, this thing was a beast of a truck, you know, 19, 19, five inch tires, um, it was basically GM's version of a medium duty pickup. And what they did was is they closed that gap of, okay, I need a pickup, but I don't need a medium duty, you know, uh, at that time they were called Kodiak and top kicks. So they're the bigger, uh, you know, you see them two ton, three ton, you know, trucks mm-hmm. and you can get 
and you can actually find those trucks now fairly cheap. Um, I know a lot of guys will go out and buy the old uh, U-Haul trucks. Take yeah, the yeah. Bed, take yeah. the, the boxes off of them those. and convert them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you're so, saying to make them a flatbed? Yeah. I've, I, okay, yes. I've seen that as well. So um, Yeah, we didn't I even mean, talk about that. There's so a, many different vehicles, you know, yeah. that you can you can buy from and choose from and you know, like like we said before, it's it's all based on your environment and where you mm-hmm. wanna go. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go out and, you know, okay, I need a I need this truck. I need this truck. I need this truck. Uh I bought my flatbed out of necessity. Because not only do I do pallets, we do cardboard. Mm-hmm. And there's certain, there's sometimes you can't just, you can't get a trailer in certain spots, you know? So a flatbed or a flatbed works great for it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. That was kind of like same thing from, you know, I didn't want to have to worry about the trouble. I had a 12 foot flatbed or it was mm-hmm. a 12 foot state body. Um, so it was nice, you know, it was nice to have all that room and everything. Um but with that, I think that the easy transition is, is trailers. Um, mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing I think is like size is, <laughs> size is important. But I think that most importantly, it's uh, doing it in increments of, of four feet, as we mentioned earlier, right? Like that's the, the most important thing because pallets four feet. So right. in my opinion, um it's it's important to to consider when looking at pallets or i mean when looking at trailers um but with that too like you got to do your research on their payload capacity uh, to make sure that you're buying something that you're not going to stress and then of course to add in uh pallets on an average weigh 30 to 40 pounds so multiply that number by the amount that you think you're going to fit and i think that that's something that like not not a lot of people really consider, right? You know, it's just like you get into the space of, I just need a trailer and they don't think about it, you know, and they might just buy something that works. And, you know, maybe it's your first time driving a trailer. You don't think about the brakes, you know, being trailer brake or there being trailer brakes on it, depending on how heavy you're going. Um, Right. If you're going used, like, are you checking the condition of these things? Because, I personally, like, I bought many years ago when I was younger, I just, like, wanted to get a little flatbed trailer for uh, my car because I had uh, a kayak and I wanted to be able to to pull it behind my car. And I just went out and I found something cheap. Guy was selling it for, like, 200 bucks or something. And I went and I grabbed it. And then I was driving it home. And I was looking at it in my uh, rear view. And I was like, something just doesn't look right there. And so I like pull over and the, I'm trying to remember pretty much like the portion that attached to your car and then attached to the uh, trailer. It, like it wasn't a full chassis, you know, mm-hmm. like there was a separate section from the car that attached to the, tra- the trailer itself. All the bolts were rusted out. So it was, it was literally holding on by like one bolt that was not actually, it didn't have a, uh, a nut on the other side. It was literally just like sticking in there. So I had, uh, zip ties fortunately, and like was able to, um, 
connected and everything and like resecure it for the period of time that I, like I knew I only took me 10 minutes to get home from there. But regardless, it's like, my point is to know what you're looking at and what you're looking for, you know, familiarize yourself, like maybe go to a, a, a new trailer retailer and check out some new ones and see what they're, they're uh, worth, you know, like how much it costs to get one. And then ask the guy like, Hey, you know, use market. What's that like? What are the prices like? Um, I don't know. Look at the, the, the way that something should look. So then when you're looking at something else that you might be buying used, you know how to compare it, familiarize yourself with something. Yeah. And, you know, versus, you know, buying a used trailer versus buying a new trailer. You know, am I a fan of used trailers? Absolutely not. Uh, no and the reason. No. And the reason why <laughs> is because, well, it's a trailer. They get drugged through, they get beat up, they get abused. I've got a, tw- I'm saying. my brand new trailer is a 2022. I bought it last January. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just want to give a shout out to the drunk driver that hit my old raggedy trailer, by the way. But uh, his insurance paid for the new trailer. Uh, you know, you're, you're buying somebody else's problems when you buy a used trailer. Yeah. You don't know, anything. you don't know if they overloaded that thing, how often they overloaded it. Um, you know, did they maintenance maintenance is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking, you know, loading these trailers, you know, when I put 286 pallets on my trailer, I'm at nearly 10,000 pounds. You know, yeah, and it's a lot of weight. Know, it That's is a lot, lot of weight. weight. It's a lot of crazy weight. Yeah, and you know, yes, my trailer's rated for fourteen thousand pounds. Am I going to go put fourteen thousand pounds on it? No, because it's not ideal. Right. You know, like uh, that's that's pushing it. Like it should not be. Well, even putting ten thousand pounds on it's pushing it. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. There are so many different manufacturers out there that build trailers differently mm-hmm. and a lot of it just depends on what are you using it for you know for instance we're having a 36 foot gooseneck built right now uh, it's a low deck uh, we're custom building it and the reason why we're custom building it is because by the time we get done with it we'll be able to hold about 480 pallets on this trailer but we're also using it for cardboard. So it's going to have, uh, we're doing 12 inch, uh, custom I beams on the trailer. Like it's, this thing's going to be over engineered and built. Uh, as far as affordability, there are, you know, you can go out and buy a trailer from just about anywhere. They're all going to be about the same, whether you're buying in East Texas, a load trail, uh, Big techs, you know, all of them follow pretty well a, a general guideline of what a trailer should look like, what it yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, and there's a, you know, there's huge, you know, getting financing for a trailer is a little difficult, mm-hmm. just because you know it's it's an asset that could easily be lost. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's okay. it's a very high risk is what they consider it. Which makes sense. So, like, so, normally you got to be paying for that thing outright 
Almost, yeah. Porn. Generally, yeah. but you know, there's there's companies out there like Silverline Trailers. Uh, they have locations all over the continental U.S. And I'm going to give them <clears> a big <throat> shout out because that's where we got our 20 footer from. Nice. And they made it super, super, super easy. Uh, basically, you go in, you pay your down payment, first month's rent. They fill out the paperwork, and you got a trailer. Nice. You know, and a lot of people, it's good for because, you know, they may not have that credit. They may not have the ability to outright buy a fifteen, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar trailer. You know. Yeah, but that's if, not. <clears throat> Go ahead. Where are you if if you're getting up into like you know where we were talking, you know, super high end. I want a forty foot gooseneck and you go with a diamond c or something like that you know diamond c has trailers that start out at like thirty five hundred dollars and i've seen some of their trailers go up to forty fifty thousand right right you know? like that's and that's the scaling portion yeah that's the scaling of it and yeah. you know yeah you can go buy a trailer that you know that's you know i'm gonna go buy a 20 foot or an 18 foot utility mm-hmm. trailer it's got 3500 pound axles underneath it uh, you're generally going to be able to put about a hundred pallets on it, hundred to hundred and fifty pallets safely. Yeah. Um, stepping up from that, you're not one. You if you're buying one of those utility tra- trailers, buy them during tax season. I will honestly tell you that from, and the reason why is because they're trying to get rid of last year's models. So you're going to get a little bit better deal. You know these guys are going to come in. Oh, I'll knock five hundred dollars off of it. Gotcha. You know, so it's now not like you got cars. A, yeah, so now you got like a $3,200 trailer you just paid 2500 bucks for or whatever. Nice. You know, so round tax season is really a good time to buy a trailer. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of buy here, pay here places, and that's what Silverline does. Mm-hmm. Um, just be careful with that stuff. You don't want to sign yourself up for... Oh, yeah, you're going to... Well, you know, with that stuff, yeah, stuff. you're going to pay astronomical interest rates yeah but yeah so just be careful with that you know but that's but also, there are there are ways to get you know new trailers and nice equipment yeah without you know beating yourself up yeah i i think that those are all really good points to make and i think that <clears throat> the fact that you like brought that up and brought it to people's attention um is helpful because you know i'm the type of person i'm the type of perspective that's like low cost of entry, spend the minimum amount, but like, make sure that you're getting the best. Like I'm, I'm not one to what's the saying, uh, buy cheap and you're paying twice, I think is what it is. Right. Yeah. So like, I'm not that type of, I'm not cheap, but I'm just, uh, wait, no, what's the word for it? It's like, you're not cheap, but you're stingy. You're not stingy, but you're cheap. Either way. My point is that it's like, I like to make sure that I do my research. You know, I know what I'm getting, so I make sure that like I'm spending, if it's cheap, like there's a reason for it. And I'm aware of that, you know, like I don't want to get myself into something. Well, at least that's because I've learned, right? Like from my first trailer story, it taught me a lesson and it's to not like to do your research, make sure you know what you're looking at and that if you're going to spend your money on something, like you should know what, what you're purchasing. Um, but anyway, I think that, um, yeah, the the knowing what your options are and and knowing what you're getting yourself into and what other equipment you have that's capable of working together is super important. Um, so I'm trying I, I think that 
going from trailers, like uh, a, a next transition, do you think just the the equipment itself, you know, like, do you think you want to just talk about moving into the pallets? I think that safety, honestly, of trailers. Sa- safety, is, safety, trailer is safety, yes, important. guys, is a huge yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, Straps. Let's talk straps, man. So there are a hundred different companies out there that make straps. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, you can pay five, six bucks for a straps or you could pay, you know, go big money and go get the four inch, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. So you depending should. on what trailer you have is really going to dictate your strap usage. Now me, I'm all about catch Northern tool when they're doing, you know, when they have their straps on sale for like, I think sometimes they put them on for like 10 bucks. Nice. And I'll go buy like all new straps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in bulk, just so you yeah, have them. Just buy them in bulk. You can buy them online in bulk. Yeah. I, I, um, I think like, so what, what size do you go with? Do you do like three uh, or I four use inch? two inch. I use two inch oh, okay. right now. Okay. But, uh, is it two, two and a half? Something like that. It's the, the yellow ones. Okay. Uh, but we're in, I'm in the process of transitioning my trailer over to use the four inch. Okay. So it's actually a pretty cool little system that I've got. They, uh, they're called stake pocket winches. Nice. The one so that you, sits on the side. Yeah. Nice. And so what it is, is if you're, you see these semi trucks running up and down the road, you see these winch things yeah. on the side for the strapping. They do make them for standard trailers. Nice. Y'all. You can get one that will slide down in your stake pocket. If you have rails, they're a little bit of a, a pain in the butt to get into the rails or into the stake pockets, but you can. I like it because you can get them tighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, strap wear, guys. Why? I mean, if if yeah, yeah, if your straps are frayed, split, just go get new ones. Just go get new ones. Yeah, it's literally. not worth the hassle. Um, I learned that the hard way. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> this is <it's> story time. <laughs> yeah, story time. So, I usually don't let people load my trailers. Okay. I usually yeah. like to load them. You have um, to. It's your business. It's so your back in 2000, I want to say it was like 18, early 19, um, I'd gone to a place. We loaded up pallets. He was like, no, nah, I'll load you. I got you. Okay, cool. You know, well, he didn't get – I'm very particular about pallets being nice, tight, straight, clean. Yes. You know, the tighter you can get them on your trailer, the better they'll ride. Mm-hmm. Well – he didn't, and I should have checked it and, you know, and all that stuff. Well, I strapped down and I was coming back. I had about a 35 mile drive back to the house and I lost some pallets. Well, strap came loose one because the strap was old Okay. and strap had come loose The ratchet, you know, unlocked itself. It came loose. Pallets flew off the trailer, hit a lady's car. Very thankful. Oh, that it went through the passenger side and not the driver's side. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that was about a six thousand dollar ticket. So, you know, guys, if, if you think that DOT will not stop you, they will. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one thing that is huge: is safety height. Yeah, uh, state of Texas, we're not allowed to go over thirteen five. Same, which here. is yeah, twenty two high. Yeah. Um. You depending know, on your vehicle, depending yeah. on your vehicle. 
yeah, you depending know, trailer on the trailer and lower. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I mean, load safety is important. Huge. Not just when you're talking straps, you're talking how you're loading these pallets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just it's very important that people understand that when you're haul, you're not hauling just pallets. You're hauling a commodity. You're doing interstate commerce, mm-hmm. and with that, you're dealing with federal regulations and guidelines that you know they may they're not gonna they're probably not gonna mess with you know bobby over here that's got the little s10 pickup and got the little harbor freight trailer depends. That he paid, you know depends yeah <laughs> you know five six hundred dollars but when yeah you know when you get up into the bigger game like you know what i've got with the 20 foot trailer and mm-hmm. you know the three quarter ton pickup and you know, or a one ton with a 30 foot goose, mm-hmm. you know, you're opening yourself up to, you know, on, and really, in, even in the state of Texas, you don't have to have a DOT number. You don't have to have a CDL for a DOT inspector to stop you. You know, everybody yeah. thinks, oh, well, they just stop big trucks. No. Yeah. It's like you're on the road. It's Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. You are part of that when you're traveling on the road and i think that um like you're saying like it's it's people's lives you know that you become responsible for when you decide to do this and it's not meant to scare people although like it's it should in some way shape or form to make you realize like how important it really is to um ensure that like you're saying like it should be a unit you know like the pallets Mm. are heavy enough fortunately that the weight of them do kind of keep them together but at the same time if they're misaligned or not stacked correctly like what you were talking about by creating a base on the trailer and then setting them on the side i've seen it i i know i've done it and the purpose of it is to allow for that more like square shape Mm. to be able to work with and it's because you want the pallets to be kind of like pressing against each other. You know, like the straps should be applying downward pressure, but they should also be applying inward pressure. Right. Um, and for me, I used five straps on my 12 foot uh, flatbed. So I went like one on each stack, right? Or, or two stacks across. Mm-hmm. And then I also did an X on both sides uh, to ensure that there was like inward pressure mm-hmm. um because i'm a big i'm a big like physics I'm, I'm no scientist but i'm like a physics guy you know i i like right. the physics and learning about things like that and so <clears throat> my friend also made a really good point one day when he was like helping me load it up was like you want it to all be a unit together because you have to think like if that tower starts leaning you know like you want it to not like lean out separately in each uh, each stack fall apart like you want it to all stay compressed um but with it too lots of weight you know and lots of um your center of gravity changes as well Mm -hmm. so that's something to consider like your speed should lessen one because of the weight but two because of your center of gravity changing so if you're taking a turn you're more susceptible to to fall over um I think that braking becomes a lot more difficult when you have a lot of weight. You know, that was one thing for me when I was driving my truck, I downshifted mm-hmm. always, you know, like I would use the brakes, but you don't want to burn your brakes out. You don't want, <clears throat> you don't want to get them too hot. 
on like a long trip, you know, and, and where I live, it's, it's very hilly as well, mm-hmm. I should mention. So like, that's a, a, a very intimidating thing at times, you know, when you're going up really high and it's like, okay, I know that eventually I'm going to come down this hill and you, I downshifted and then use the brakes at the same time, you know, like uh, if you have trailer brakes, I would say use them more often. They, they suggest that anyway, to use them uh, at a higher rate than like your own brakes on your own vehicle. Oh um, yeah. And even like in the state of Texas, you can get a ticket. If you have trailer brakes and you're not using them and you get really? stopped and they check the temperature during a DOT inspection, they will check the temperature of the, that brake. And I guess if it doesn't match what the state federal guidelines are, then they can <clears throat> write you a ticket. Now, like for me, interesting. If I put a hundred pallets on my trailer, I'm probably not going to use my trailer brakes, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so used to well, your truck can handle it. Yeah. Well it can, but you know, you increase your braking distance and stuff like that. Now, yeah. if I put 286 pallets on the back of that thing, then yeah, I'm, I'm turning my brake controller all the way up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you downshift as well? Or do you No, my truck's just an automatic. So I just, no, mine was two, but you know how you can lessen into like, you know how there's, Oh yeah. No, I don't do all that. That's fair. And I mean, so, it, you also, it, Texas, I mean, it's fairly flat probably where you're at, right? Uh, where I am, it is. I mean, you can see your dog run away for weeks at a time, but <laughs> you know, I mean, on a clear day, you can see like 30 miles away. It's so, you know, it's not too bad, right. but I mean, right. you get down, you know, around San Angelo, uh, Abilene, you know, Austin area, San Antonio, you know, you mm-hmm. get into some hills and yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm know, stuff driving. like that. And so, yeah. And uh, it's anywhere, wherever you're at, you know, like I think that it's a good comparison that we have that like you're in an area where you don't have to do that versus me. Like, no, you 100% mm-hmm. like should be using your gearbox to slow your, your vehicle down. Like it and is going to be good. In, in, in the safety aspect, maintenance, maintenance is huge. Oh, on you everything. Know, dude, yeah. especially on your truck, man, you know, brakes, <laughs> your steering. Uh, unfortunately, the way my truck is designed, my truck, if I lose my brakes, I lose my power steering. That's terrifying. so yeah. GM has a, has a, a lot of the, you know, bigger trucks, three quarter tons, one tons, they have what they call a hydro boost braking system. Uh, okay. So your power steering is typically tied into that. So gotcha. if you lose brakes, you lose power steering and that can be a little scary. Yeah. I would assume. So, so yeah, you know, it's so take care of your stuff, you know? Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, on top of it. And, and I'm, I'm trying to get better about it. I'm somewhat of a procrastinator some days, you know, I'm like, Oh, I can just, I can get away with that and just let it slide for another month. And then next thing you know, it's like, yeah, I should have fixed it a month ago now because now I got serious problems. Right. Well, it's like the strap story too, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's preventative maintenance and like it's, it's, you're taking measures to ensure that, one, you are safe, but two, like the people around you are safe. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that's a very, very important thing to, again, repeat about this is that like, this is, you're, you're dealing with like a lot of weight and something that you have to transport 
So within the transportation process, like it can be very dangerous. And then of course, going into even like breaking down pallets and building pallets and everything that can come along with that, you're opening yourself up to, to new safety concerns, but um, staying focused on, on the trailer and the truck topic and weight. I, th- I think that we pretty much have gone over, you know, the most important things from your straps, preventative maintenance, taking care of things ahead of time. Don't put things off. I think personally, I'm a big calendar guy, you know, scheduling <laughs> is very important. Right. Um, so that way, of course, like you, there's always the ability to put things off, but um, you know, I, I like to always remind myself of, again, it's like, you have to kind of take it outside of yourself and recognize that when you're putting yourself out onto the road, like, like I said, it's, it's not just you anymore. You have to worry about everybody else around you. So make oh, sure absolutely. you do it. It's, and again, it's like you get a ticket, you could get in trouble. Like, it's not just a matter of hurting somebody. It's more than that. Um, and if anybody's listening that's not in the pallet business and you're just a, a regular person listening in on the podcast and wanting to learn about the, the business, uh, what drives me nuts more than anything, turn signals. People that don't use their turn signals. Yeah. Um, that's a pet peeve of mine. That's uh, for anybody. If somebody's pulling a trailer, just in general, it doesn't have to be pallets, just in general, please do not hang out in the back corner of that trailer like that drives get so around like in me. the blind spot yeah, yeah well not so much in the blind saying. spot but right back by the axle i don't yeah. know what it is about people oh and but the they, left and, and the other yeah way. they always yeah. want to hang out right in that back corner of the trailer and i'm like go around me <laughs> you know yeah. but of course most days i'm you know i got my cruise control set at 70 miles an hour and i'm just going flying past people and they're like you know here comes a trailer full of pallets and so just get out of the way yeah just get out of the way (laughs) because i'm here i come we're non-stop you know um all right cool so i think uh yeah trailers we've gone into that i think that um kind of staying on the topic of safety i think that gloves super important spend the money on like some decent gloves you know like i i used the throwaway ones where you can buy like a bunch for uh fairly cheap and like they last but in my opinion again i think it's worth it to spend the money on like a nicer pair of gloves because i remember when i finally took the plunge to do that it's just more comfortable you know and that you can Mm -hmm. just get more out of something um safety glasses when taking pallets apart even honestly like even picking them up just wear sunglasses even it might be helpful like I don't know about you, but I dealt with a, uh, a feeding grain store. And so mm, like dust. they had exactly, and it would always get in my eyes. And so I would just always remember to, uh, to just put safety glasses on at that point. Like I had sunglasses on and it didn't stop it. So that's where I would put like safety glasses that actually went around my eyes. And, you know, you could get ones that are like sunglasses too. So oh, it's not that, that big a deal. You know, knowing and, and part of the safety is too is knowing what came on that pallet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Knowing where that pallet's been, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go down and sit down and, and track the pallet from, you know, from the time that it left the, the manufacturing facility 
to who bought it to you know this that and the other just know that you know these pallets come in contact with so many different chemicals mm -hmm. and you know you, you need to be really aware of that because some of the chemicals that you know pallets come come in contact with you know can cause you know skin issues and uh just you know safety is personal safety yeah you know? yeah yeah it's important i would say like it's nothing to like scare yourself about but again like i think the biggest point that we're trying to get across is that you need to just familiarize yourself with what you're getting yourself into you mm -hmm. know like it's okay to take the plunge and to just try something out but like you know, there's sometimes going to be nails sticking out of a pallet. Don't just go shoving your hand into pallet piles. You know what I mean? Like, take the time. Look at what you're looking at. Assess the pile. Assess the situation. Ask what what, what might have been on them so you know what you're getting yourself into. Wear gloves to protect yourself. Like, nails, tetanus. Make sure you got your tetanus shots. In my Like, that's my opinion. Mm. Um it's just all things to consider. Like be conscious when you're going out there because you're putting yourself in an environment that like, it's, it's not to say that it's not safe. It's as safe as you make it right. Like oh, there absolutely. are, there are accidents. There are things that you do not have control of. I've heard a lot of unfortunate instances of people losing their trailers or trucks due to somebody running red lights and, and things like that. And so, you know, obviously we can only control ourselves and and how we interact with uh, our, our world around us. But like, make sure that you're just being conscious. You're taking consideration uh, for the lives around you and for the environment that you're putting yourselves in. Um, yeah. I feel like it's pretty much like on my list of, of t safety equipment. Gloves oh, yeah. and glasses. And, you know, I have, much. I'll have people ask me all the time. Cause we, we, we pick up pallets from dairies. Mm -hmm. uh, we pick up pallets from construction sites, you know, farms and stuff like that. And so, you know, making sure that uh, you're safe and you're aware of your surroundings. Like, for instance, if I go out to a farm or to a dairy, I won't pick up the pallet on the bottom. The very the, the pallet sitting on the ground, I will not touch it. Because it's probably something well, you don't want to touch. You know, the thing is, though, is out here, man, I mean, you know, wild animals love pallets. Oh, to they live love in? Oh. To live in. They love to make nests in them, That's... burrow in. Um, it's too much. Uh... Yeah, there's there's some, cre there's, some cre there's some critters out there that'll. Yeah, I, I haven't had a, that. I haven't make had a home that. of you, so. <laughs> um, you know, we have, I mean, out here where I live. You know, we have the brown recluse spider, which I don't know if you've ever. Oh, like even insects too. Oh, yeah. yeah well, a, a brown recluse spider, dude. I, I highly recommend well, they... it. if you've never seen one, dude. Yeah, they're they bite you and you're they literally eat your skin from the inside oh, out. It's that one, gotcha. And okay. then, <laughs> not to be racist, it, it is literally called the Mexican northern Mexican jumping spider. Okay. It looks yeah, like sorry. a brown recluse, but it will. It, yeah. Yeah, it will jump at you. Hmm. Okay. And you know they're that about the size terrifying. of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you got How a little quarter size spider that's ready to take you out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and then you know we have like tarantulas and 
Right. You know, we have rats that are the size of cats out here and, you know, <laughs> badgers and, yeah. you know, skunks. Uh, you know, just really be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Uh, you know, personal safety comes back to not picking pallets up at night. Yeah, big one. <laughs> don't, just don't do that. Like, I mean, look, if you have permission and the area is well lit, and I don't know, maybe it's like in an enclosed space that you have access to or something like that, then, then go for it. But personally, I just like the only time that I could see that being beneficial is if you specifically are going to scout for pallets that you see are, are out for free. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, maybe your chances of finding that are good because businesses are closed and they put what they, they got out uh in that day you know Mm. but other than that yeah i just don't see it being a good idea i think that it could be unsafe i think that you could hurt yourself i think that you could not strap things down properly you could not tell how well aligned the pallets are um yeah i just would suggest against it i I don't see the benefit to it but again do do your own thing (laughs) i mean i personally would suggest against it um all right, so I think uh, you know safety. We kind of touched on is, it, and of course, if there are any questions, feel free to to send them to us or put them in the comments. But I think moving on to the actual equipment. Um, so, like, we can start with the breakdown aspect of it. So, you got there are plenty of options out there as far as um, pallet dis- dismantler, both automated and manual ones mm-hmm. um when i started out i just went and got myself a you know a crowbar but it was a actual pallet crowbar um did it work very well no but at the same time you know it was perfect for what i needed it to be right. um just do your research isn't, isn't there's like the pallet buster that's have you heard of yeah, that yeah there's one? there's there's several different brands i've got a pallet buster okay uh, mine's actually called the pallet monster i bought it off of etsy Oh, interesting. Uh, I think Somebody I paid like sixty bucks for it. Does it work in an application like what we do? No. Would it work for the average person? Just hey, I'm going to build you know this little fancy cool piece of furniture, and I don't want to go spend money on a sawzall or whatever. All right, cool, great. You know? Yeah, you're saying at uh, scale doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, at scale, no. you know. Yeah, no. When it was just me working by myself. It made sense, there, right. you know, like that's all I, ne- I needed. Now, you know, you got like me where we sell our recycled lumber. I need something that's quick, fast. I can take a whole pallet and just, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's not unheard of for our, our, you know, guys in this industry to cut, you know, break down 400, 500 pallets a day. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you got a guy that's dismantling pallets for you and he's doing 400 pallets a day, he's a rock star, you know. Uh, dude's about business <laughs> yeah and yeah. so you know when you talk about pallet dismantling uh there's several different ways you can go about it obviously the pallet buster mm-hmm. uh you can pick them up from lowe's too yeah that's i where think I they have a there's a uh, it's called a deck buster i think is I think what it's actually that. designed for is taking apart wooden decks yeah, it was not because uh, it was like adjustable mm-hmm. and it just kind of like when you had that slight bit of flexibility, it just didn't make much sense. 
So, and I know I do know they make it. they do make a pry bar that is for the pallet industry, mm-hmm. and all it is is a bar with a little piece of square tubing on it, and it's got notched in it. You can put it on the deal, and you can just rip your pallets off. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen those. Uh, I think forty eight forties solutions. That's the thing. That's one of their. I think that's something that they came up with and marketed and interesting st- stuff like that. So, uh, there's that sawzalls. Um, yeah, that's probably your next step up from yeah the manual bar. A sawzall using and and they do they do make <laughs> sawzall blades that are for pallet dismantling. Uh, they're uncoated. They're solid steel. Uh, MK Morris makes makes some. They're like a dollar. I think I pay like a dollar fifteen a piece for them. Mm-hmm. So they're very very cheap. Uh, Makita makes one. Milwaukee makes them. Uh, you just have to go in and you know Google search pallet dismantling blade, and you'll have fifty different ones. Uh, there is for a sawzall. New, yeah, for sawzall. Because uh, yeah, it might look into like an actual dismantler blade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a new company out called EZ. Uh, they're actually working on a pallet dismantling blade that has cobalt in it. So it's actually supposed to last longer, not break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get about 10 to 15 pallets. Breakdown. Switch the blade before I have to switch the blades. Damn, so uh, you just run through them. Yeah, which really is not bad because the pallets that we cut down are, you know, they're oversized pallets. Oh, so, okay. So you're not you're talking about like ten, <clears throat> ten yeah, like I'm, how big are these pallets? Yeah, well, uh, average is seventy two inches by forty. They're uh, okay. What we call uh, almost what you would call an industry standard for an Amazon pallet. Interesting. And so uh, I get quite a few, you know, of those, and we'll tear them down, bundle the lumber, and sell the lumber. Uh, but we can we can talk about selling lumber and that yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's another one. You know, sawzalls. Uh, yeah, how do you go about picking the right sawzall? You know, for the blade, uh, how fast do you want it to cut? Uh, obviously anybody you can ask, you know, anybody that's ever used a Sawzall to dismantle pallets, uh, you can, you know, your hands will start to hurt after a while. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, like, I mean, I think finally my hands finally just got so used to it that they just were like, okay, it's another day. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but you know, a high amp saw, obviously using uh, like the MK Morris blades, you're going to snap the necks off constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really just, you know, not going to sit there and just beat on the, the Sawzall, a $35 Sawzall from Walmart, you know, they're a little hyper tough saw, you know, their warranty is, you know, is great. You recommend uh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that battery operated or is uh, that no, one it's, that you it's plug electric. In? Yeah, to me, battery is... battery operated sawzalls. Do they have their place? Yeah, yeah. If you're out stealing catalytic converters, but <laughs> no, come on, now, come on now. my buddy's a plumber. You know, like there's applications. Well, there's for applications it there. for it. That's but nice. <laughs> would I recommend a full blown 
salt like battery operated sawzall for no, not for pallets. No, 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 no. For You're a repair application, yeah, for repair applications, great. You know, if you're, if you're cutting one or two boards off and going to replace it, cool. But when you're doing a full dismantle, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because you're going to be swapping batteries all constantly. day. Yeah, that just wouldn't make sense. So and that's a good so, point. Uh, you know, there's there's that. Yeah. And then you, you can move up from there. You know, you can move into a full dismantler. Uh, a full dismantler, you know, where, you know, we have like the wood miser. Which is probably I'm gonna say the most economical brand, you know. Uh, they, go ahead. Yeah, they're actually. Uh, you were talking about the brand earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can't think of the name of it right now. It was Woodmiser. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Woodmiser is is the the uh, brand name of the dismantler, but they're actually made by oh, another company. Pallet. Uh, Pallet equipment dismantlers let's see because they have a whole system pallet hog yeah oh yeah pallet okay hog. yeah wood wood miser is the brand pallet hog is the name of the like machine right. uh, they make several different ones you can get one on a trailer you can get yeah. it with a gas engine yeah they uh, have portable ones i think right so i mean they start out you can get a just a standard run-of-the-mill wood miser for like 13 14 grand yeah. um you can go online and find them used. You can order them off of Alibaba. You know, order one from China. Uh, yeah. I know at one time I had met a guy, and I don't know if he still has any or not, but he's in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He had bought a bunch of them from China and brought them in, and he was still trying to get rid of them and stuff like that. There's websites out there that you can go to and get used pallet equipment. Yeah, there's uh, – um, I'm trying to think. I have a there's a couple of them in in the Facebook group. Um, we can always loop back to that later on, but yeah, like they sell the used equipment. There's like auction houses that specifically work with uh, pallet companies and like sawmills as well. That's a good place to go. Um, I think that again, do your research. You know, like you're right. You can buy ones from other places, but just check the legitimacy of the thing that you're purchasing you know try and get in in contact with someone see what their customer service is like uh you want to make sure that if something goes wrong with something that you're spending money on you're able to get in contact with the company that sold it to you because they're gonna be the ones that you know how to know how to work it but yeah there's definitely a lot of options out there and uh like i'm on their site right now it's cool you can customize it and everything um, and then, and then you know, you have you know, there's different levels to that to two pallet dismantlers, you know, uh, and I can't think of the company right now, but a buddy of mine they use theirs, their pallet mm-hmm. dismantlers, and their pallet dismantlers are actually designed to be used in series. So, like as a machine, yeah, as a machine, and did they have it? Uh, where you can hook like three or four of these pallet uh, dismantlers together in series and in row, and just you know you can put three or four guys on it, and hmm. you know it's a huge operation. And then you start you know getting into you know you have your your D headers, which are your disc uh, your disc style dismantlers. Uh, just depends. They make several different variations to those. 
you know, you put it on there, it's got a disc, you know, some of them are single armed, some of them are, you know, you'll have three discs, six discs, just depending on the machine. Uh, you know, I mean, we could talk, we could talk about pallet dismantlers all day long. I was going to say, yeah. And it's <laughs> honestly, it's not something that I'm super familiar with, you know, as right. far as the equipment goes, it's definitely something I'm, I'm still familiarizing myself with, which is kind of why, you know, it seems wood miser is like a big one out there. Yeah. Wood misers um, usually the, uh, they're usually for sawmills. It seems yeah. like, or like most of their equipment is around that, you know, is the, the lumber, well, the lumber industry as a whole, uh, so like pallet equipment, dismantling and equipment in general doesn't seem to necessarily be their forte, but they do have it, uh, which is yeah. cool. And like, they do seem like a very reliable, uh, company that gets back to you and things like that. So, uh, like I said, it's definitely an important thing to consider when buying a product is knowing where it's coming from. You know, if you're getting it used, get the, the person to sell that's selling it to you to see if they have the manual or. Uh, if you can find the manual online or just have them like walk you through it, take a video of them showing you how to use it too. So it's mm-hmm. something you can refer back to. Well, um, not only that, but at the same time, if you're buying used equipment, guys, I will mm-hmm. tell you this from experience. If you're buying a, a used piece of pallet equipment, reach out to the manufacturer when you get it mm-hmm. and let them know that you bought it used. Um, I'm a very big big advocate for this. Um, call them, let them know, hey, this is where this is. You know, I bought this piece of equipment. It's used. I bought it from these people. You know, because sometimes if they bought it brand new, that manufacturer wants to know, hey, okay, they sold this piece of equipment to this guy, so they can transition all the sales, all the help that they need to get you to. Uh, keep the machine up and running parts yes. and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, keep that in point. mind when you're buying uh, used pallet equipment. Honestly, you know, there's yeah. uh, LumbermanOnline.com that has some pallet uh, equipment on it. Uh, PalletRecyclingEquipment.com is another good one. Uh, yeah, you know, I think there's, there's in the Facebook group, it's uh, like pallet machining a company or something mm-hmm. like that like there's another I, one a pmc pcm something prs i think that's another one. <laughs> oh, okay yeah prs is is prs i really like their equipment because it's more there to me prs's uh equipment is more gear driven towards the guy that's just opening up just starting out uh smaller operations like yeah smaller man. operation uh smart products is another good company to deal with. Mm-hmm. I like PRS's. They have a, a building table uh, that I would love to buy. I've just never gotten to really spend the money to do so. And, you know, they do everything from line production to individual production. So, you know, you can go. Hey, I, I built, bought this, you know, $2,000 pallet building table. You know, I'm going to use a nail gun and some nails. Or you can go fully automated with like the pallet chiefs mm-hmm. and stuff like that and just really open up, you know, your production line and stuff like that. And then 
then you get off into the robot. You know, they yeah. they have a robot, you know, pallet dismantling uh machine. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you're gonna see more of those in the bigger companies like forty eight forty uh camps, uh Pepco, Chep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see a lot of that stuff, you know, being automated more than your local regional guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you may go into places. your smaller regional shops, and you may see some form of a production line, mm-hmm. some form of uh, some automated machines, whether it be a pallet chief, or they may have a a uh, you know a couple stackers. Uh, you know, I know like Travis and them, they have a machine that, you know, they put the pallet, they put, they'll put a full 22 stack on it and it tilts the whole stack over and they can go through it and send it down the line. And mm. it's all, you know, once it hits a roller, it goes down to the repair guys and the, you know, they just oh, pull sure. it off the line, put it on their table, uh, fix it, throw it back on another conveyor belt and it sends it down to the stacker where your nice. GC guy is. So, you know, it's, can you go fully automated with, with this? Oh, absolutely. You know, will we ever get to the point where we don't need humans to build pallets? Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, so. you'll, you'll always, we'll always have that, that need. Yeah. I uh, mean, like maybe like way down the line, but you're talking like a robot that cuts a tree down, mm-hmm. you know, makes it so it's usable wood, ships it all the way to somebody that then from there gets taken off the truck to put into a system that it's either cut stock or it needs to be cut to size. So yeah, like I, and I would hope not honestly either, you know, (laughs) like that's just, we need, yeah, that's let's, let's hope not. But, um, you know, I think that, yeah, it's, it's really good points that you're making. You know, I think that automation is great. My biggest takeaway is, Automation is great, right? But Mm -hmm. the reason that it works is because somebody has created a process that they've come to realize that they need to automate. You know, they can't Mm -hmm. or don't want to be the one to continuously be that person on the production line. So, and like, that's why things have been automated to to begin with, you know, is to Mm -hmm. make life easier. But I think that kind of coming back to like somebody starting out is like, create a process for yourself you know Mm -hmm. like i think i don't know if it was you or i that talked about it or i know one of one of the individuals that i had spoken with it it was a matter of like time management Mm -hmm. you know and and how to go between breaking down pallets to repairing and fixing pallets and like how to manage your time between that and my biggest thing was just like well, think of it in the way that you work, you know, it's like, do you feel like, are you the type of person that gets bored doing something easily? So mm-hmm. if that's the case, I would say create variety in, in your process to where you break down pallets for an hour or two, and then you repair pallets for an hour or two, and then you go back to breaking them down, and then you go back to building them. Or if you're the type of person that just likes to laser focus in on something and set yourself up to where you don't have to move, then I would say spend, you know, four days breaking down pallets and then, or two days breaking down pallets and two days building pallets. And then, you know, use what you've broken down 
and um and then go back to making more of it you know it's it's all in the way that your mind works but my point again is just like the process aspect of it is automation is great but if you don't have a process in place and you're just like well i just want my life to be easier well like (laughs) you know well i mean you you can do it different ways too i mean you know in the aspect you can find somebody like me that you know I have a guy that works for me mm-hmm. that he cuts down pallets. He'll help me load trailers. You know, he'll clean the place up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can, you can hire people, you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously you can buy equipment, you can build equipment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, one of the coolest thing about, you know, being in the pallet industry is a lot of equipment came out of necessity came out yeah. of you know this guy needing this to do this and you know so uh you know they, they'll sit there and they'll, okay well i can sit back and do this like i'm in the process of building my own pallet dismantler that runs on a gas engine nice so you know because i don't want to pay i'm cheap i'm sorry sorry wood miser i am cheap yeah, I would but... rather spend three thousand dollars on building something versus thirteen thousand dollars, you know. If you're capable, I see nothing <laughs> wrong with it, dude. Record right. that. I want to see the the process like come to life and the actual thing. That's something that I've been I've been telling everybody. Like, there's been a lot of people posting in the Facebook group recently. So, and this mm-hmm. is just like off topic, but I wanted to mention it because uh, it's important. Uh, is like a lot of people have been like showing the equipment or the space that they're using or something Mm -hmm. like that and i'm like dude record yourself building that thing or like using it you know like i think content and this is totally off subject but just content's very important especially as a business owner so like oh i've got you know i've got my trim saw you know and you built yeah that i built it came out of necessity That, you know, okay, cool, you know, we're building, because we do custom pallets also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll sit there and, okay, cool, we need, you know, we're going to do a run of, you know, 52-inch uh, stringers. Or we're going to do a, a run of 48-inch stringers. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I should have to sit there and measure every 48-inch. Every <laughs> right. It's time-consuming. <clears throat> so I built, I took our, our chop saw put it at the end of this deal and went and bought some roller uh they use them in like warehouses and stuff to move product yeah so i bought one and so i just started notching where you know okay cool this is gonna be a, this is where my 18 inches from the blade 36 42 40 39 uh 48 52 75 60 inch and all i do is take a piece of wood and just stick it right there and i measure you know we quality control so you're going to measure every yeah. you know so many make sure you're getting good quality cuts mm-hmm. and i mean it's a lifesaver you know when you you're cramming down you know a thousand boards a day mm-hmm. you know it's it's nice to be able not to have to you know your guy doesn't have to think or okay i gotta measure this one cut okay measure this one cut because yeah. that you know, it comes down, like you said, time management. Exactly. You know, the more you can put out, the the, the more production you can put out, the better. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as pallet dismantlers go, uh, equipment-wise, 
you know, wood misers probably the pallet hogs probably gonna be your more economical. Now you can buy, you know, there's there's a couple of uh, you can find them used. You know, you might pay anywhere between five and eight thousand dollars for a used pallet dismantler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a a father and son down in Houston, Texas, that are working on building some for mass production. Uh, and I think theirs are going to run about eighty five hundred bucks. So mm-hmm. kind of excited to see how those are going to turn out. And they're they're building it right now. Like they're like they a they've got a couple of them. They've got a oh, couple okay. of them built and stuff like that. And I think they were asking nice. like eighty five for them. That's cool though. So, yeah, dude, yeah. and it's 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 like you're saying too. Well, and like again, this is kind of off topic, but the pallet industry is is like it's entrepreneurs, but they're also like very creative people. You know, like like you said, like everything that that exists came out of some sort of necessity or need for it, or just kind of like pure desire and inspiration. Like I told you about that uh, that family, Thomas. Um, I want to make sure. I, I pronounced their name correctly. I want to say it's Widerman, um, but they're a pallet company that sells, well, they're a sawmill that sells new pallets, but then they also have that, um, you know, like pallet device that, uh, that like heats pallets yeah, you know, yeah, 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 through electricity year. It's basically meant to be somewhat like a kiln from my understanding. Yeah. You know, it's it, meant cleans, to, it cleans, sanitizes. it cleans, sanitizes. And he, he treats it and i've actually talked to him and asked him because i was like dude like because they put them in stacks when mm-hmm. they run them through the cleaner mm-hmm. and i'm like well okay so is this uh how do i put it so when you heat treat a pallet obviously you have to you know stamp it have mm-hmm. you know all your documentations and i asked them i said is this approved under that guideline and they're like yeah that's what they've I done they've yeah. done everything they can so we should to... bring them on we'll bring yeah. them on and we'll so... talk to them about it i think because i think it would be cool to hear like them tell us about it and talk about it and why they did it and how they they got into it because um, i definitely don't want to speak for them you know right I, oh I absolutely speak them, it was just it was it's a very state-of-the-art yeah, it's really cool process, and it's <laughs> yeah. judging by the machine, it's not very big. No, so you well, know the, the the carbon the the footprint of that machine is not astronomical. It's not going to take up a whole, you know. I want to say it's probably a quarter of the size of a of a uh, kiln. a heat heat treat kiln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just like equipment, cool stuff that's out there. Cool people, you know. I think that there's tons of software and stuff too. Um, which we can totally that's a whole nother topic and conversation to get into oh dude we could we could do you know 100 episodes about equipment because yeah yeah it is but as far as the you know the entry level guy coming in Mm -hmm. you know a good hammer yeah uh nail guns uh i used the boston's ic60 which is a little outdated i think the new one's like an ic70 uh, you can buy them from Southern Carlson. Uh, they're about three hundred bucks, uh, but at the same time, you get you know I mean you're you're getting a quality nail gun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're super easy to fix, super easy to clean. Uh, you know, gloves, 
uh, safety glasses are, are real huge. Yeah. Uh, just, I think we've, we've pretty much covered everything that we've thought yeah, about. I mean, you know? As far as entry level goes and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Of course. It's always, you know. there's always room to grow. And I think, too, because like we had discussed like tractor trailer conversation. I don't mm. think that that that's for now you know i think that yeah, we can no. we can touch on that at a at a later point because ultimately i think that you know most most at least i don't know i don't know whatever people end up listening to this you know where where you're at uh we'd love to hear and and be able to kind of see where our listeners are coming from and and everything oh absolutely um, and, and the thing is good guys is the beautiful thing about the pallet industry it costs zero dollars to get into it, and you can scale this business yeah. so fast. You can scale it to where you're making a million dollars a month, you know, or you can stay local and you know, like for me, I like to deal with the smaller companies, the the mom and pop businesses, the private companies, mm-hmm. you know that you know, may only use, you know, a hundred pallets a week or 200 pallets a week. They don't have that need for a semi truckload of pallets. Yeah. And then, you know, then you have your, your companies that want to go after that. Oh, I only want to do truckloads. I only want to sell truckloads. I only want to sell truckloads, which is cool. And you can do it, but I feel like there's an application for everybody in the pallet industry. Mm Mm-hmm. As yeah. far as, you know, your customer base, your equipment base, uh, just understanding, you know, where you want to go with this is key. Yeah. And it's huge. Yeah. So. Well, and I think, too, the big thing, a big takeaway would be to, like, to talk to people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I really, that's something that we've tried to emphasize a lot, I think, both in our own interactions with people and, like, through this is that, like, there needs to be more open conversations about the industry. So there isn't a misconception of the people that are involved in it and like what it takes, because I think that the more education that people have and the more knowledge that people have in regards to this, uh, the better people will be able to participate and have an impact that's positive. You know, I think that, um, you know, you had said people could be making a million dollars a month. That takes a lot of work, a lot of time, <laughs> you know, and a lot of energy, you know, like, I don't it think does. I don't want, I don't want somebody to hear that and say, oh, wow, I could do that in a year. Like, no, no, you can't. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe, 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 maybe. But look, you, you gotta, you would have to definitely turn in, on the hustle. Well, and you'd have you to know. put in a lot of money too. I don't oh, think yeah. that's Oh yeah. That's you're, mentioned. you're, I mean, you know? when you're talking, you know making i i live by this 10x Mm -hmm. you know so if something's going to cost me say ten thousand dollars i have to go make a hundred thousand dollars to pay for that ten thousand dollars and so when you're talking about making a million dollars a month you know we're talking you know companies like 4840 that do that why because they're the largest pallet company it's not in, a fair comparison, in the world in the North yeah. America, <laughs> you know that's that's not let's not compare ourselves to them you know? but at the same time they've also spent the time the money the energy 
course. you know, to acquire, you know, the smaller pallet companies, uh, yeah. to acquire the tooling, the uh, marketing, mm-hmm. the inventory. Inventory will cost you. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, up until, well, up until January 1 of this year, I never really paid for pallets. You know, we would just go out, pick them up. You know, if a business let us have them, they let us have them. And mm-hmm. we kept it cleaned up, kept them happy. Well, this year I'm really pushing to, you know, start buying pallets and stuff like that. So we've been nice. focusing on that. And cool. So for you, that'll be networking too, right? Yeah. Because like buying them from people, right, is also mm-hmm. something that you're considering. So yeah, so, I think networking is huge. Um, but honestly, I think that, you know, we, we've covered most of the, the topics and the conversations and the things that we felt were important uh, for this episode. So I think uh, I think we can conclude and, and we can end here. And I would just like to say on closing, uh, whoever's listening, whoever's tuning in, thank you very much. We both really appreciate the fact that you took the time to listen to this. Um, I think that if you want to participate, if you have any questions, you know, like I said, it should be on YouTube and other places. You can reach out to us directly through Facebook uh, in the Facebook group, the Palette Professionals. And that's uh, that's all I got to add. Oh, check out the Palette Plug, please. Uh, that is my my website, the Palette Business Database, where you can find a local Palette business to work with. And that's all I got. <laughs> Corey? So, I mean, that's really it. And, you know, like Kyle said, the, the pallet plug is, is a great tool, not only for other pallet companies, but for businesses needing pallets. Because, you know, like I, I said in the last episode, there's 15 pallet companies in my area, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we all have something different going on. We all have something different to offer. Uh, do your homework. Uh, just, you know understand that everything we touch in our daily lives comes on a pallet. So, you know, uh, well, we can talk, sure. We can talk pallets all day long. I know, man. And and we, (laughs) we we will, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, be safe out there guys. And, you know, uh, be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of your equipment. Uh, be aware of your straps, you know, your mounting points on your trailer. Uh, and that's really it. You know, safety safety comes down to the type of equipment you have too. Yeah. You know, so the better the equipment, the little safer you're going to be. But, you know, I'm not saying that you got to go spend a million dollars to get into this either, you know. Right. Right. So, no, I think do your research. Be smart, be conscious, be considerate, and you know, don't be afraid to ask questions and to try and talk to people because I think, um, you know, there might be somebody you come across that that is not open to talking to you, but at the same time, go find somebody else. You know, just keep asking. I think and uh, and join the Facebook groups. You know, there's tons of them out there. I'm not just suggesting mine because there's tons of people in this world who can contribute in some way, shape, or form. So. Yeah, just ask questions, talk to people, and uh, I don't know. I don't think I got anything else. No, that's it, man. If y'all want want us to talk about something or got questions, yeah, reach out to us. I'm on yeah. all the pallet pages that mm-hmm. I can possibly be on. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know Kyle tries to be on on them as, as much as he possibly can too. Yes. So yeah, just reach out to us, man. Don't be afraid. You know, yeah. don't be, we're not strangers. So <laughs> yeah, um, we're trying to help. We're trying to be here to, uh, to spread knowledge and awareness and create a sense of community within this industry. Oh, so, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Corey, for being here and, uh, take care everyone.